Groundhog Stays Up Late by Marjorie Cullier. Groundhog was not the kind of groundhog who liked to hibernate. To him, making a winter burrow was boring. Gathering and storing food was boring, and most of all, sleeping all winter long was boring. Instead of preparing for winter, he liked to play hide-and-seek with the rabbits, possum with the opossums, and tag with the bumblebees. Why do you even bother to hibernate, chattered squirrel? You're never ready when winter comes. You should be looking for nuts and seeds right now. I don't think I'll hibernate this year, said Groundhog. But you have to, said Badger. How else will you wake up on February 2nd and look at your shadow so we'll know when spring is coming? Bear shook his shaggy head. Well, don't expect us to give you shelter when it snows. Or food when you get hungry, said Squirrel. Or warmth when you get cold, said Badger. Finally, winter came. Groundhog's friends curled up in their homes for their long winter naps. But not Groundhog, he stayed outside. Soon it began to snow. Wow, snow, yelled Groundhog. Time to play. Hare ran by. Want to make a snowman, asked Groundhog. No, silly, said Hare. I'm racing to my woodpile until the storm's over. Weasel ran by. Want to have a snowball fight, asked Groundhog. Forget it, said Weasel. I'm scampering to my hole where it's warm. Fox ran by. Want to build a snow fort, asked Groundhog. Not now, said Fox. I'm running to my den to get dry. What a bunch of stick in the mud, said Groundhog. As the weeks passed, Groundhog built a snowman, threw snowballs at the trees, and made a snow fort. But Groundhog was getting very hungry and very thin, which was making him very cold. And most of all, he was getting very lonely. So one day, just before Christmas, he padded over to Badger's burrow. May I come in, he called. Badger opened one eye. No, I'm too busy sleeping. Groundhog scurried to Squirrel's hole. Hello, Squirrel, he said. How about sharing a few nuts? Squirrel twitched his tail. Not now, he said. I'm taking a nap. Come back in the spring. Poor Groundhog. He finally burrowed through the snow to Bear's cave. Wake up, Bear. It's me, Groundhog, he called. Bear turned over and wiggled one ear. Go away, he growled. I warned you not to bother me. Poor Groundhog, so hungry, so cold, so lonely. All night long he stayed awake, but that night as he shivered and shook, he began to get an idea, an idea that would put food in his belly and give him friends to play with. A few days later, the sun came out and the snow started to melt. Groundhog climbed to the top of Hollow Hill and pointed his nose to the sky. He opened his mouth and yelled, Spring's come early, let's celebrate! The animals poked their heads out of their dens. They wriggled out of their burrows. They crawled out of their holes. How wonderful to have an early spring. Even though it was cold and there were patches of snow on the ground, spring was on its way. They gathered the food they had stored in the fall and carried it outside. Groundhog was waiting for them. Happy spring, he lied. I didn't see my shadow, so spring is coming early. Let's eat. Hooray, yelled Bear. Hooray, shouted the other animals. They laid all of their food on a big stump. Groundhog dove into the dried berries and nuts and seeds. Soon everyone was eating and celebrating. That is, until something unexpected started to happen. A snowflake fell from the sky, and then another, and another. Soon the snow was swirling around them like tiny stars. I thought spring was coming early this year, complained Squirrel. I'm getting very cold and very tired all of a sudden, moaned Bear. I need to take a nap, said Badger. Squirrel skittered back to his hole and looked at his calendar. It was only January 2nd. 
Groundhog played a trick on us, he yelled. It's not February 2nd. Groundhog Day is a whole month away. What a nasty trick, called the animals. Groundhog should be punished. But Groundhog didn't hear them. He was so sleepy after his big meal that he had crawled into his burrow and had fallen fast asleep. And he slept and he slept right up until February 2nd when his eyes popped open for Groundhog Day. He stepped out into the fresh air. The snow had melted, the birds were singing, and buttercups dotted the woods with color. It's spring, said Groundhog. But when he looked down at the ground, he saw his shadow. It looked a little strange, and it was a funny color, but it had to be his. Nuts, he said, six more weeks of winter. And he returned to his burrow and went back to sleep. The other animals came out of their hiding places. Our trick works, said Badger. That shadow we painted sure fooled Groundhog. While Groundhog slept through spring, his friends enjoyed the sun warming their fur and the breezes ruffling through the trees. But did Groundhog learn his lesson? No! Somebody Loves You, Mr. Hatch by Eileen Spinelli. Pictures by Paul Yelovitz. Mr. Hatch was tall and thin, and he did not smile. Every morning at 6.30 sharp, he would leave his brick house and walk eight blocks to the shoelace factory where he worked. At lunchtime, he would sit alone in a corner, eat his cheese and mustard sandwich. Sometimes he brought a prune for dessert. After work, he would make two stops, at the newsstand to get the paper and at the grocery store to buy a fresh turkey wing for his supper. After supper, he read the paper, took a shower, and went to bed early. He keeps to himself. That's what everybody said about Mr. Hatch. One Saturday, when Mr. Hatch stepped onto the porch with his dustpan and broom, he got a surprise, a package wrapped in brown paper. He had never spoken to the postman before. Thank you, Mr. Goober, he said. Mr. Goober smiled. You're welcome. I always enjoy delivering packages. Mr. Hatch tore the brown paper off. Inside was a white box, which he opened to find another box. This one was heart-shaped, all satiny red, with a pink bow on top. It was filled with candy. Something fluttered to the porch floor. It was a little white card. He picked it up. It said, Somebody loves you. Only then did he remember that this was Valentine's Day. Mr. Hatch wondered and wondered. Now who would send this to me? He was all alone, he had no friends, and yet someone, someone had sent him a valentine. Who, who? He put the box on the coffee table and tried to do some dusting, but every time he left the room, he had to keep peeking to see if the box was still there. He dusted and dusted, and the dust cloth seemed to whisper, somebody loves you, somebody loves you. At last, he flung the dust cloth away and exclaimed, why, I've got a secret admirer. And then he did something he had never be done before. He laughed. He laughed and danced and clapped his hands. And then he took a piece of candy from the box and ate it. Mr. Hatch changed his shirt and found some old aftershave in the bottom drawer. He splashed it on his face. He picked out a yellow tie with blue polka dots and put it on. And then he went for a walk. Maybe he thought I will meet the person who sent me the candy. 
Of course, no one had ever seen Mr. Hatch wearing a tie or smelling of aftershave or smiling, so he got a lot of attention. Mrs. Weed tripped over her dog. Mr. Dunwoody nearly fell off his ladder, and little Tina Finn spilled all of the toys out of her wagon. Mr. Hatch waved hello to all of them. On Monday, it was back to work. At lunchtime, Mr. Hatch sat in the middle of the cafeteria. He spoke to everyone and passed out chocolates from his heart box. On the way home, as usual, he stopped at the newsstand. Mr. Smith handed him the usual newspaper. I think I'll have a pack of mints, said Mr. Hatch. Not as usual. Mr. Smith was shocked. Was that you speaking, Mr. Hatch? Indeed it was, said Mr. Hatch. I said I would also like a pack of mints. And if you don't mind my saying so, Mr. Smith, you don't look very well today. Mr. Smith recovered from his shock to reply, You're right, I don't feel very well. I have a cold. I was supposed to go to the doctor's this afternoon, but the stand has been so busy I haven't had the time. Mr. Hatch smiled. Why, I'd be happy to watch the stand for you while you go. Mr. Smith could hardly believe his ears. You would? Certainly, just show me what to do. And so Mr. Hatch ran the newsstand for an hour. He wondered if any of the women who stopped to buy a paper or a magazine or a candy bar had sent him the mysterious valentine. When Mr. Smith returned, Mr. Hatch made his usual stop at the grocery store. I'm a little tired of turkey wings, he told Mr. Todd. I think I'll have a nice fresh slice of ham. Mr. Todd weighed the meat and wrapped it. You look worried, said Mr. Hatch. I am, said Mr. Todd. My little girl is late. She hasn't come home from school yet, and I can't leave the store to look for her until my wife arrives. Goodness, why didn't you say so, Mr. Hatch? I will go look for her. And so he walked to school and found little Melanie Todd by the swings and brought her home. Thank you, thank you, said the grocer. Any time, said Mr. Hatch. After supper, Mr. Hatch did not bother to read the paper. He decided to bake brownies instead. It would be nice to have brownies to share the next day with the people at the shoelace factory. As he baked, the warm chocolate smell of brownies floated through the neighborhood. Children gathered round Mr. Hatch's house, sniffing the air. Well, I suppose the factory can wait, said Mr. Hatch, as he looked out the window, and he brought out two platefuls. Now, what are brownies without lemonade, he said, and he stirred up a nice cold pitcher. When the parents came to gather their children, they had some brownies, too. It turned out to be a picnic in Mr. Hatch's backyard. He dusted off an old harmonica and played songs he remembered from his boyhood. Everyone danced. And so the days and weeks went by. When Mr. Hatch wasn't smiling, he was laughing. And he wasn't, when he wasn't laughing, he was helping someone. And when he wasn't helping someone, he was having a party in his yard or on his porch. He had seemed to forgot, have forgotten about the person who sent him the valentine. Then one afternoon, Mr. Goober, the postman, came to his door. His face was very serious. Come in, Mr. Goober, said Mr. Hatch. You look upset. I am upset, he said. I made a mistake some time ago. My supervisor is very angry with me. Do you? Do you? Yes, Mr. Goober, what is it? Do you recall the package I delivered to you on Valentine's Day, I think it was? Yes, I believe so, replied Mr. Hatch, beginning to feel a little uneasy. I don't suppose you still have it, said Mr. Goober sadly. As a matter of fact, said Mr. Hatch, I still have the box. The candy is gone, though. Why do you ask? The postman took a deep breath. I'm afraid I delivered it to the wrong address. It was supposed to go to another house. Mr. Hatch recalled tearing off the brown paper. It had never occurred to him to look at the address. He fetched the heart-shaped box and the pink bow and gave them to the postman. I do hope your supervisor won't be too angry with you now. 
The postman was headed down the sidewalk when Mr. Hatch called from his porch. Mr. Gooper, I forgot something. He gave the postman the little white card. Alone in his living room, Mr. Hatch sighed. Nobody loved me after all. Then he read the paper, took his shower, and went to bed early. The next morning at 6.30 sharp, Mr. Hatch left his brick house and walked eight blocks to the shoelace factory. At lunchtime, he sat in the corner by himself and ate his cheese and mustard sandwich. After work, he stopped at the newsstand for his paper, but he did not speak to Mr. Smith. And when he ordered his turkey wing for Mr. Todd, he did not smile. Nor did he pat little Melanie Todd on the head or bake brownies or have picnics or parties or play his old harmonica anymore. Everyone whispered, what is wrong with Mr. Hatch? Mr. Goober, the postman, told him. We love Mr. Hatch, insisted Mr. and Mrs. Dunwoody. He gave us flowers for our garden. He helped to mend our back fence. Mrs. Weed nodded. I love him, too. He saved his bones for my dog, Ruffy. Ruffy barked. She loved Mr. Hatch, too. Mr. Smith told everyone how Mr. Hatch had watched his newsstand so he could visit the doctor. And Mr. Todd told everyone how Mr. Hatch had found his little girl. All the children in the neighborhood remembered Mr. Hatch's wonderful brownies and lemonade, and most of all, his laughter. Poor Mr. Hatch, they said. What can we do? Then Mr. Gooper announced, I have an idea. On Saturday morning, Mr. Hatch woke up to a bright and sunny day. He put on his old overalls and went on at the porch with his dustpan and broom. He couldn't believe his eyes. All over the porch were red and white hearts and pink bows. There were boxes of candy on the chairs and yellow streamers flowing from the ceiling. And sticking up out of his mailbox was a shining silver harmonica. The front yard was filled with people, happy, smiling people. They were holding up a huge sign with hand-painted letters. Everybody loves Mr. Hatch. Mr. Hatch dabbed a tear with his handkerchief. I do believe he sniffed. Somebody loves me after all. And then he smiled, and then he laughed, and then he hurried down to be with his friends. Today is Valentine's Day by P.K. Hallinan. It's Valentine's Day, and there's love in the air. What a wonderful chance to show someone you care. And isn't it lucky you took enough time to make a valentine for every classmate? You colored with crayons, cut paper apart, till each card resembled a valentine art. Then you thoughtfully wrote every classmate a note. But hurry, you're late and your hair is a mess. Put your cards in the sack, for here comes the bus. Now don't show your friends what you have in that sack. Just tell them you're toting a rather large snack. And if they smile at you, well, they're toting snacks too. At school, all the children run every which way. Red, white, and pink are the colors today. Once in your classmate classroom, excitement just grows, and somebody's given the teacher a rose. No doubt it was Pruitt. Jill dared him to do it. On each student's desk is a small cardboard box, just perfect for Valentine's. Some even have locks. When your teacher announces it's now time to share, you start dropping cards in the boxes with care. And when you're all done, every classmate has one. At recess, you race to a warm, sunny spot and open your valentines to see what you got. And oh, what a haul. What a great card from Paul. And what a neat drawing with cupids and all. But your favorite note is when Annabelle wrote, surrounded by lace, is this quotable quote. Roses are red and violets are blue. I hope you like me because I really like you. 
And the very best part, it was sealed with a heart. Back in the classroom are two more surprises. Cookies and cupcakes in all shapes and sizes. The snacks are delicious. It's all you can do to laugh with your friends as you're trying to chew. Still, you manage to eat every goodie and treat. The clock ticks away and the afternoon passes like a bumblebee stuck in a jar of molasses. But the bell finally rings, so you scoop up your sack and you race to the bucks for the bumpy ride back. Then you slowly spend time reading each valentine. At home, you go flying through the door like a bat, and you race up the stairs just as quick as a cat. There's one final valentine yet to be done, and you've got to make sure it's the very best one. So you draw a red heart with an arrow and all, then pick up your pencil and let the words fall. And when it's complete, it's especially sweet. Dear best friend of mine, I'd like you to know that I cherish you more than I'm able to show. So I hope you'll remember these words that I say. I'll love you forever. Happy Valentine's Day. Mouse in Love by Robert Cross. She loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. She loves me. Why so dreamy, little mouse? I'm in love. Who's the mouse? She's the mouse of my dreams. I've never met her, but try as I may, I can't forget her. So what will you do? Look for that mouse and try to get her. Where will you find her? Maybe she waits in a palace fine. Maybe she waits at the end of the line. How will you find her? I'll travel by train. I'll travel by plane. I'll search on land and sea and air until I find my mousy fare. Aren't you tired? I'm pooped. Isn't it time for supper? Oh my gosh, I better hurry home. I'm home at last and my feet are sore. And guess what I've found? What have you found? The mouse I love is the mouse next door. Queen of Hearts by Mary Inglebright. Valentine's Day was one of Anna Still's favorite holidays. She liked boxes of chocolates, of course, and candy hearts and cookies with red sprinkles. And she loved getting Valentine's from all her friends and family. But the thing Anastel liked most of all about Valentine's Day was making things. Red and pink and white construction paper, scissors and glue, ribbons and lace, and lots of glitter. Valentine's Day was definitely one of the best holidays of all. At school, Anastel's class was decorating boxes to hold their Valentines. Anastel brought a plain brown shoebox from home, but it wasn't plain for long. First, Anastel cut a slot on the top of the box for Valentine's to go in. Then she covered the box with pink paper. On the front, in her fanciest handwriting, she wrote, The Queen of Hearts. A Valentine box needed lace and glitter, of course. It needed candy hearts, too, and luckily Anna still had some in her craft box. But it still looked sort of ordinary. And ordinary was definitely not good enough for Anna Stell's Valentine box. At home, Anna Stell and her friend Gracie had fun playing dress-up. This gave Anna Stell an idea. Pink feathers would give the box a look of distinction. Sparkling jewels would add a bit of color. Silk roses and daisies would be a nice touch, too. Anastel squirted the flowers with her mother's perfume. Wait till I get all this on the box, said Anastel. 
Anna still visited her neighbor, Tommy. Playing with his cards gave her, an, cards gave her another idea. She also remembered a long red and white ribbon she'd seen in her mother's showing box. The next day at school, Mrs. McGilligan said, My goodness, a Valentine's Day box that rolls. Certainly isn't ordinary now, thought Anna still. It's the best box in the entire world. The next day was Valentine's Day. Anna Still's friends stopped by her desk all morning to admire the box. I like the flowers best, said Gracie. How about those feathers, said Audrey Ann. Cool wheels, said Michael. Anna Still was so proud she thought she might burst. Finally, after recess, it was time to pass out the Valentines. And suddenly, Anna Still didn't feel so proud anymore. She didn't feel happy. She felt awful. All week long, she had worked on the box. She had cut and glued and taped and sewed. She had made the best box in the entire world, but she hadn't made one single valentine. How could she have forgotten to make valentines? Gracie came by Anastel's desk and dropped a valentine into the box. It was a little hard for her to find the slot among all the feathers and flowers. It's the best box I've ever seen, said Gracie. Aren't you giving away your valentines? And suddenly, Anastel knew what to do. Yes, sirree, she said, here's yours. She pulled a daisy off the box and handed it to Gracie. Audrianne wore her pink feathers in her hair. Michael and Sophie raced the cars that had been wheels for the bus. Mrs. McGilligan tied the red and white ribbon in her hair. When Anastel got back to her desk, the box was plain again. Only the pink paper was left and it was ripped and ragged. One big tear went all the way through the words, the Queen of Hearts but it was full of valentines from Anastel's friends. Anastel smiled. What a fun day, said Gracie. This, said the Queen of Hearts, has turned out to be the best Valentine's Day ever.